0: Hi guys, warm welcome to this lovely podcast. My name is Dr. Gamuchirai Mutezo, and I'm the founder of Madam Waste. That's a conversation for another day. For now, this podcast is called Not Wasting a Single Story because we don't want to waste a single story about waste management within our space. How it came about is conversations that were happening during my doctoral studies, trying to ascertain what's happening with biogas, trying to get information. I realized that we're having more conversations about challenges, 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 and challenges will always be there, even until we get to our 80s. There'll always be challenges. But what are the opportunities? What are the actual activities happening on the ground? And by the time I finished the studies, I realized that there's certainly a need for a platform where we talk about the positive side, the strides, the opportunities. There are people doing great things within the waste management space. And if we don't have more of these conversations, we might find ourselves with so much waste and limited activities, that try to divert the waste from landfills. And to get us going, I thought, who would be that perfect person to crack a leg, the foundation? Uh, This person, I'd been following him for the longest time. Gordon, you probably don't know this, but since my days in Cape Town, yeah, I've been. (laughs) That person who's checking your work out with uh, the gamma and every now and again, just... Drop an email and find out how things are going. At some point when I joined Sabia, which is the South African Biogas Industry Association, that's where the communication also got more prevalent. And yeah, we are here today. Like you're the perfect person for us to start this podcast series with, right? At the end of the day, we really want to have more of these conversations so that as industry practitioners, academia, civil society, local authorities, national authorities who are directly or indirectly involved with waste management, we can change our mindsets about waste. I mean, waste is not waste. It's a resource for something else. But let's shift those mindsets. Okay. So with that tone being said, hi, Gordon. Hi.
1: <laughs> thank you very much. What a lovely con. Kind... Yeah. Introduction. (laughs) Well,
0: I have exposed myself. I've been following you. I like your work. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for agreeing to crack the foundation and have this conversation. It's my pleasure. Yeah. And as I've mentioned, you've been in the biogas space for a while. But before we get all sorts of technical, who are you? What do you do? What do you like?
1: Um, Okay, so I'm wearing a number of hats, uh, as one tends to do in the biogas space. I am uh, Gordon Ayers, I am presently the Secretary General of uh, SABIA, the Southern African Biogas Industry Association, but because we are a volunteer organization, we don't get paid to do our work that we do, Um, I also have to have a day job, My day job is Managing Director of Agama Biogas, and uh, we build a small scale kind of biogas system which can be transported and set up all over the, the world. Actually, we've been in South America, we're in New Zealand, uh, we are obviously all over Africa and obviously mainly here in South Africa. And that's basically what I do and who I am.
0: Okay. What do you like doing for fun?
1: Um, <laughs> this is quite an odd one. I cook. Oh, okay. Yep, um, I had a chefing background.
0: Ooh, interesting. And,
1: uh, I still love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Very interesting. From chefing to waste management and eventually biogas, what happened?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So um, I was in the supermarket industry, strangely enough. And I kind of lost heart. Um, you deal with a lot of corporate day to day and so on. And uh, I said to my wife one day, I'm, I'm loathing what I'm doing. Yeah. And she said, "Okay, what would you like to do?" And I said, "I want to be involved in green energy. I want to." Um, so I got involved in all kinds of green energy, in water, in f- photovoltaic, in um, basically everything that you can think of. And slowly but surely, I was dragged over to this monster that is biogas. Yeah, it just answered so many things that needed to be answered in South Africa. There was so many factors of it that just made such good sense to me yeah and uh, slowly bit by bit i joined a gamma, and then over time i bought a with my partner greg and we've been running it since then
0: yeah i'm curious mindset shift from supermarket to biogas mm. Mm. is it Something that you as an individual made a conscious decision about the more you read about biogas, or was it necessity driven?
1: That's interesting. Actually, it was bullshit driven.
0: <laughs>
1: um, I hate. Uh, okay. <laughs> if, just, just to put it frankly, I, I hate bullshit. Okay.
0: Yeah. So
1: I tend to look at anything that somebody tells me from a very technical point of view. Yeah. So when I heard about biogas and the fact that it had no waste, residual waste, it could generate energy, it could generate this organic fertilizer, it could take all your organic waste, I was looking for where's the catch. Yeah. Where's the – what part aren't they telling us? For instance, photovoltaic gives rise to a very high toxic chemical. Yeah. Uh, There's the batteries. There's all these kind of other little problems – that are inherent within the technology. So I was looking for the gap. Where, where is the problem with this technology? Yeah. And the more I researched it and the more I got into it, the more I realized that actually there really isn't. Hmm. And it just, by that stage, it is very much like cocaine. It pulls you in and then you are gone. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And I must echo those sentiments. I mean, I studied town planning. But there's always been an interest in environmental planning because it did not make sense that cities were growing in a way that we're not intentionally including the waste management and energy issues you know as case in point johannesburg is going towards lanseria smart city so if we are not intentionally designing these systems to manage waste at a centralized location where will all of this waste go hence these conversations tend to be very heavy around, we've got so much waste, we don't know what to do with it, yada, 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 yada. And when one started unpacking the entire value chain and you realize that when you separate the different streams of waste, Mm. each stream has a sense of value socially, economically, environmentally. Biogas was that non-bullshit type. The organic component was just like, this is amazing. You can hit so many birds with one stone. Mm. Yeah, so I can certainly echo those sentiments around, shall we call it anti-bullshit?
1: Yes, so, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, anti-bullshit uh, components. Okay, how long have you been in this space actually?
1: Uh, I've been here for about 15 years now. Yeah. I've been with the Gama for 13.
0: What keeps you waking up every morning and... Smelling sulfur, <laughs> dealing with the digestate
1: It's the most exciting space in South Africa. Yeah. There is nowhere going to be more dynamic and more exciting than biogas at the moment. Yeah. It holds the most promise of any of the technologies that's available to us. Ooh,
0: this brings me to a really interesting <laughs> point now. Okay. Actually two interesting okay. points. There's the aspect where it has to relate to our current mm. electricity problem, okay? How does biogas fit in there or complement as an energy mix? Then there's the separation at source because we know it's feedstock, feedstock, feedstock. Oh, <laughs> did I mention feedstock, right? So we've got these two yeah, components, yeah. right? Let's start with the ESCOM, ooh, okay. Okay. Say yeah, said it out loud. You did? But yes, let's start with the ESCOM situation. How mm. does biogas mm. complement that?
1: So biogas is a phenomenal tool where what can happen is that the waste is being generated in the communities. It's not being generated away from the communities. You think about a coal field, for instance, right? Yeah. It's hundreds of kilometers away from Johannesburg. And yet the vast majority of that energy is being exported to Johannesburg. Yeah where the waste in this case is in the center where it needs to be. So by utilizing it there, and you've got to realize, you know, this is a a conversation that I have quite often, is most of your energy usage is not electricity. Yeah, We're using electricity for a lot of things that we actually shouldn't be using electricity for. Electricity became this huge, big, bad wolf, and suddenly everything else fell away. But cooking, for instance... Is a direct heat need, um, water heating. Your sh- your hot shower is very very inefficient using electricity to heat up that water. Um, if I did the whole breakdown for you, I think you'd cry. Mm-hmm. And about how much coal is required just for you to have a couple of liters of hot water? Yeah, it is horrendous, and it's not needed. Um, so that's where I'm seeing that kind of fit in and where we can take weight off ESCOM, take weight off the grid, take weight that's not needed. Also, of course, there's talking to self-sustainability where <clears throat> when you need energy, it's there. Yeah, You don't have to import it. You don't have to hope that somebody hasn't cut the wires or hasn't done this or hasn't done that. It's your energy. You yeah. know where it is? It's there. It's available. Second part is the feedstock. Um, there are different ways of of reaching that feedstock. Um, the guys in Sweden now are using dry digesters, where literally they're packing their entire waste stream into a barn-like structure, closing that barn-like structure, letting the organics work its way out. Yeah. When the organics are finished, then they pull everything else out and they start separating. Um, you know. So the, these are things that are are being done all over the world. There are fantastic separation machines um, available. There's some lovely ones coming in from Brazil at the moment. Um, There's good ideas here. There's jobs involved in separation of waste. Um, We did discover, though, and people said to me, listen, separation of waste at source is going to be a problem in South Africa. Yeah. But when we tested it in very, very poor communities, we found with the right message It was a very easy. Hmm. And the right message went like this. Listen, we are hiring local youth to come and collect these buckets from you every day. All you have to do is you've got to put out your little bucket by your gate. If you're ready for collection, it's there. Number two, we will keep the rats out of your household because they've got nothing to go and eat. No rats, no smell, no flies. Hmm. And the reaction by the community was massive very, very high. I mean, we were getting the same positive reaction to separation of waste or the specific waste stream as they were in Vienna.
0: (laughs) Two things I'm picking up, which I would love to see permeate throughout the rest of these podcasts is decentralized energy systems, Mm. right? Biogas is part of an energy mix, Yes, it's not gonna solve all the problems tomorrow, but the fact that it's accessible and you've got less issues around logistics of transporting energy from point A to point B, you can generate it within your own immediate space. That's such a big win, right? And the second component, separation at source, what's the value? So the incentive does not necessarily need to be financial, but what value are you adding to me to intentionally separate at source? Mm. No rats, no smell, and hey, I can have gas reticulated into my system. Yes. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Okay, with that being said, I've found that our universities have got lovely content. However, there's always an however, <laughs> <laughs> it's a question of how is it evolving? How does it become practical? how do we nurture pracademics and by that I mean Mm. as much as you've gotten an opportunity to develop the small scale item in your third year or your final year to what extent can it be realized as a possible project okay so what is your opinion in terms of the academic curricula nurturing some of these ideas into practical projects Mm.
1: I, I think we are in, as I said, a very, very exciting space with that. Yeah. Universities are responsive to needs. Um, they're all hunting money just the same like everybody else. And they're looking and they're saying, what is the need? Where Where is society at the moment? Yeah. And we're getting a lot of things coming forward. I mean, very exciting university vendor running the hackathon, the youth yeah. hackathon in yeah. biogas. Phenomenal. I, I think that that's one of the most exciting <laughs> projects I've ever been involved in. Yeah. Um, where youth were just allowed to come up with ideas. We, we set no parameters for them. We explained to them what biogas was. We said to them, this is what it is. Have a go. Yeah. And they really went for it. So the fact that universities are open to that kind of uh, involvement, we're seeing university of KwaZulu-Natal very heavily involved. Yeah. In small-scale projects, they're going to put a digester in one of their units. There is a university um, digester at the University of Cape Town. University of Cape Peninsula has their own digester. So already we're starting to see this change that's happening Yeah, um, where the universities – there's a a funny thing. If we want the industry to be sustainable, we need both sides of it. We need the hands-on people with a screwdriver – Doing it, and we also need the block of academia that's going to come through the background that's going to make for uh, doctorates and so on and so forth that will then inform literature and it'll inform a base and it'll help inform government of how to step up to this plate, how to engage with the technology correctly. Yeah, so I believe that they are highly valuable, and I'm massively grateful that they're here, but uh, yo, as per usual, we could all do better. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: For me, it's about converting those ideas and mm. innovations into business. Uh,
1: if, if I can say, don't you feel that that's actually the job of commercial? The, the university is there to come up with an idea, to give people space to play. Yes. But you will never see, I mean, Google didn't actually come out of the university. Yes, it had space to play there. Yes, they were doing on-campus bits and pieces. But once it became a commercial idea, it moved out of that space and went into the world of business. Yeah. And that's the formula that I see happening. So give it space to play here. Yeah. And take fantastic ideas and move them forward that way.
0: Okay. I guess this is where then the importance of hackathons becomes quite imperative. Mm, I mm. mean, in my previous life, my goodness, hackathon was an absurd word. But when one became used to it, you realize, hey, this is such a great way mm. to create the link between varsity and, as you say, the business community because they get to see what these guys are studied and then you're able to either take on i suppose the innovation or develop a new project with that student or they get into the system yeah because one of the areas that continues to be a pain point is around capacity building right and i'm like okay sure how do we address capacity building right so yeah some good food for thought Now. Private sector, how best can they nurture these innovations? What do they need to be intentional about?
1: So there's a couple of spaces where private sector can really move in very nicely. The first one being that we mustn't be afraid of a South African idea or an idea built in Africa. Yeah. Ideas from Africa are for Africa. I think we need to take away where we stare at Germany or we stare at... Other countries, and we think, oh, obviously they got the greatest ideas. Yeah. Creepy Crawley was developed here in South Africa because of a uniquely South African problem. And the same things are going to happen with biogas if we allow it. Yeah. So what I'd really like to see is a little bit of space being given to that youth to um where we where we're seeing these little companies. But between you and me, what I'm really seeing is not so much Business, as we talking about business, the big established companies in the country, what I'm talking about is small-scale business where somebody can start an idea, start gearing an idea. So what you need there is there's three basic things that will make that happen. The first one being a little bit of money. Yeah. Um, And access to money in this country is disastrous at the moment, especially on small-scale projects. It is very difficult for a small business to find real money. Business likes to talk about it as if there's this money out there. But when you actually start to reach for it and you actually start to go through the hula hoops that's involved in reaching that money, it becomes a real problem. Second one is nurturing the ability to get help, legal help, um, help with setting up a company, business help, as in how do I run this company, how do I do this correctly, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's where business can really help nurturing those kind of people and so on. And, and give them the tools that they need to run their own little businesses. Yeah. And the third one is exposure, where you need to bring that person and you need to sit them here on this couch yeah, and yeah. you need to say to them, tell us about your fantastic idea. What did you come up with? And for them to get that massive exposure. Yeah. If we can get those three things run, right, then biogas is going to explode, not just biogas. You're talking about water harvesting. You're talking about clever things with electricity. You're going to be talking about. All kinds of fantastic other things that become available if we give the youth that space.
0: Oh, that is probably one of the things that get me up every morning, that get me smiling, despite how complex the day may be. The fact that anaerobic digestion as a technology presents so many circular components around it, right? And again, those circular components are not just environmental there are social and economic aspects that can come out of it. So, yes, we've spoken about the biogas element. There's the digestate component that could be used as feedstock for vermiculture, or it could be used as organic fertilizer in its own sense. Those are new businesses that can come out of it as well. This leads to urban agriculture. You know, So the value changes continues to unpack. And well, as you rightfully say, Having these conversations and appreciating people who are playing along that space, showcasing their innovations. We get to just, I suppose, draw more young people to the space and say, hey, it's not a smelly business. It smells like money. <laughs> Does not smell like sulfur only? It smells like money. <laughs> okay, that's pretty, pretty interesting. The point you've made around finance, oh, they ask for your grandmother's DNA records, your ancestral footprint. Heck. Even your toe fingerprint, it's a mission. It, it is. really is a mission. And I'll make sure to have some financiers and as part of this podcast mm. because we would really want to appreciate how their terms and conditions can evolve to accommodate biogas mm. projects. Because mm. catalytic funding, just to start, hey, yay, yay. As the locals will say, hey, bana, hey, bana, hey. <laughs> <laughs> So if there are any financiers who watch this episode, please hit me up. I'd love to have you on this podcast. Right. Moving along. Mm. You're in a room with younglings. Okay. These guys are in high school. Some are first year engineering, maybe mechanical, electrical and whatnot. Why should they consider waste energy, let alone biogas?
1: It is going to be the quickest growth sector. It has so many little advantages going for it. The first one is that we are facing a no-waste-to-landfill 2030. We are signers of the Paris Accord. We are stuck into those terms, and that is going to become a massive problem. People have worked out how to deal with other waste. Aluminium waste, plastic waste, have all got their waste streams. Things are happening around that waste. But organics are a problem. 30% yeah. of your total waste stream is roughly organics. It is heavy, it is smelly, it is dangerous if it's left. Yeah. So this space needs a lot of engineering and because it needs a lot of engineering and a lot of help, it is going to receive a lot of money. And money means jobs and there will be work in this space. Second part of it is that it is massively beneficial directly to communities, directly to people. Even a tiny little biogas digester, we make a biogas digester out of a plastic barrel, a second-hand plastic barrel we use for our students. And you can set up with that a little food garden. You can have a little bit of energy cooking about 20 or 30 minutes a day on a single stove. You can do this by yourself. Yeah, It's under 1,000 Rand's worth of investment couple of hours of work. You know, that's why I think the space for somebody sitting not with anything to do, this is an exciting opportunity. Yeah. And that's why I, I'm passionate about it and I'll speak to the youth like this, like, guys, stand up, do something. This is not, I'm not expecting you to become an engineer. I'm not expecting you to... Do X, Y, and Z. Literally, I'm going to give you some plastic pipe. You're going to cut open a drum and you're going to build this thing that's going to look after you. I mean, that's exciting.
0: Okay. I'm inspired. I'm going to register and make sure my major is in mech Eng, specializing in biogas, or Chem Eng, specializing in biogas. But as we hit towards the end of this conversation, I've graduated Okay, I'm still figuring out whether I want to do this whole small business thing Mm. or work for a company, right? Mm -hmm. Can I get some sort of guidance from Sabia? Like what can Sabia do for me? Yeah. What's the story? Yeah,
1: fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, that's a lovely, lovely slid. (laughs) So uh, at the moment, Sabia has got a fantastic, uh, there's a student's, Forum in terms of being able to log on as a student. You don't have to pay the full rates of membership. We have special student rates. And then secondly, we are working with ARC, the Agricultural Research Commission, and we have just set up a fantastic new training centre at Mm. IRENI. And it is specifically around this, like, yes, so you're now a new biogas digester person, but way too from here. Yeah. So this is about dragging, dragging in business, talking to other people. Sabia so needs to be the central hub yeah. of biogas, and by doing this, what we are actually doing is we're creating a forum where trained youth are going to be able to go to companies that need them. Yeah, um, and we've got huge support from the industry. I've got my AGM coming up in November. And I'm going to push it back to the industry again and say, listen, this is where we are. This yeah. is how we're done with our mandate. So definitely, Sabir, is your starting point. I would definitely log on, become a, a student, and then ask questions. Um, like with everything, if people don't know you there, um, you're not going to get very much help. Yeah. Um, I was approached by a member the other day. He said, oh, he's not sure if he's going to stay on as a member, and the reason is that he's not engaging. He's not asking, he's not saying, listen, this is the problem I've got in Biogas, what can I do about this, and so on and so forth. So we're very, very excited about the youth space in terms of bringing them on and then engaging them, um, chicken and egg situation. You train people first and then have jobs ready for them, but in this case, even if a job is not ready for you, you can still earn money by doing it yourself. Yes. So you might not be able to do the very big scale, but when the scales do come, I'm telling you, self-work on your CV will make a massive difference between somebody that's just left university and sat on their bums and somebody that's actually went out there and built these little things for the community.
0: Yeah. Okay, what a powerful closing and a call to action. So two points from my side as this training facility unravels, it will be great to keep in touch and note what innovations are coming out of it so that they come on the green couch. You don't want to waste any stories. <laughs> and most importantly, we hoping and trusting that this discussion can change mindsets, can inspire those to be intentional about this beautiful resource we call waste. It's not your traditional thing that we throw away. It's a resource that presents a lot of opportunities. And with that being said, Gordon, it's been a treat just chatting to you about this and being intentional to put out these beautiful work and hopefully inspire others to keep doing and keep striding. Hey eh? no thank you.
1: Awesome. Thank, thank you. Thank you. you I so really much. appreciate the invite.
0: Thank you, Gordon. Really, really appreciate your time. It's really amazing To share such conversations with people who also have the spirit of biogas. Because like we're saying, once it catches you, it really does catch you. (laughs) So much appreciated. And for those of you who are watching our podcast, this is aimed at making sure that not a single story is wasted. There are so many opportunities and strides activities happening within the waste management space. Keep watching, keep following our content because not a single story will be wasted. Thank you.